Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Hey, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Crater, and we've got such a great show today. Linda, why don't you tell us a little bit about our guest? I am so excited today. We are going to be talking to Deanne Stidham, co-founder with her husband, Mark, of LuLaRoe, a wonderful clothing company that is just empowering women everywhere and giving opportunity lots to our military moms and families. Well, and Linda, I love this, this, I love this company. I love this concept. I love their clothes. They're really squishy and yummy. And, you know, for me, I live in Southern California, so I'm wearing one right now that's really light. And when it's a hundred and 10 out it's it's really hard to get dressed and look professional and i gotta tell you the name of her company is so cool because it is so family first i'm gonna go right over to deanne deanne how did you name lularoe it's such a great story well, first off, thank you for inviting me. I'm so honored and I feel like a huge privilege of being here. But we started the name uh, trying to rack our brains, trying to figure out what would be clever, what would, you know, it's actually kind of some, to some people, it's a little hard to say. But once I explain the concept or the name of how it was chosen, then people remember, oh, it's not LuLaRue, it's <laughs> LuLaRoe. And it's after our first three granddaughters, Lucy, Lola, and Monroe, Lou La Roe. Love so, it. Yeah, it's just really fun. It is fun. And it and it really it epitomizes what I understand your company standing for, especially because you were a single mom, Dan. And you know, that's somebody near and dear to my heart. We have a lot of single moms in the military. We have a lot of single mom listeners. It's not easy, but when I look at you, I think I can do anything. Well, thank you. What an honor that is to for you to say because you know what? I don't know. You know, I think when put in when put in a situation, most of us we think we can't, we feel we can't, and then when put out there, it's like, no, no, no. You know, it's like the mommy bear kicks in and says, Oh my gosh, I want to protect something, I want to take care of something, especially our babies, our children. And you know what? An opportunity of a lifetime for women to take charge of what they want. And you know what? It can either hold us back by all the complex and fears, or we can jump into it and say, you know what? We've got this. One of the strengths that you have is that you've constantly empowered women. As a motivator in this space, what is your biggest challenge? What was your biggest challenge as a single mom? Fear, you know, not feeling like I'm good Mm -hmm. enough, Um, not thinking that I have the education. I didn't finish college. I only went to college about a year and a half. And then of course I fell in love and got my MRS degree. And seriously, I graduated from high school early. So I kind of started everything really early. Um, I got married at 19, which I tell people don't do it. Then I got pregnant two months later and I'm like, oh, don't do that either. And yet, you know what? I knew what I wanted and I went for it. I also was not prepared to be becoming the single mom of seven children mm-hmm. in, a, in a time in my life where I thought I had brought all this money. We'd taken all of our money. We invested in adopting three babies. And when I headed into divorce, we literally had nothing. I mean, I had no backup, nothing, nothing to lean on. And and you hear over and over, get a college education. You know, and I thought, well, oops, missed that boat. Seriously, it took a lot of self-talk. And I will tell you, um, me, myself, and I, we didn't have very good conversations. (laughs) 
what do we do? We self-talk ourselves in a spiral downhill. And I got to myself to that downhill of, of all the things, you know, I, I had to go to counseling, went on meds, and which is awesome. But I knew those weren't longevity for me. And I thought, you know what? The meds aren't going to get me out of bed. They, they help. But it's that self-talk of get up and get going. I love to think that it's those precious little human beings that that Heavenly Father gave to Mm -hmm. us, especially those of us that have been given the blessing of motherhood, Mm -hmm. um, that get us reminding us that it's time to get up and get going. And so that helps a lot. Well, you know, I I share this crazy, funny story, but please don't think that I'm nuts because I will tell you, I I, I feel feel for you. But seriously, I I remember going to counseling and and the counselor said, "Okay, Deanne, now one out of five days that you feel like crying and falling apart, you only get to have one in front of the kids. The other days, you go do it away, far away. Sometimes my favorite place was in the bathroom. I mean, it was like, oh, yeah, small, you know, where the you know, sorry to say, but it was a small area where I could shut the door and I would turn off the light and I would sit there in the dark and I'd sit there and bawl and cry and cry and bawl. And I will tell you, I felt, I really did. I'm like you. I felt like God was going, stop crying. I'm here to help. Don't you understand? And I'm like, but you're not. So you're and me and him would, I like to think that I have a really great relationship with God and, you know, because he created me. So that's how I feel. And so he and I would have conversations and I would say, Hey, hello. Uh, you know, where are you? And sure enough, as I turn around, I'd have to look at the blessings that I did have mm-hmm. instead of the things I didn't have. So I get you, you know, I get that feeling of, Oh my gosh, Am I going to get up and get going? And seriously, I will tell you the thing that is coming to my mind right now that I, that I really learned from my mom uh, who raised 11 children. And she said, she would often say, you know, we had eight daughters and three brothers, eight sisters and three, three brothers. And she would say over and over, when you're down, get up and go find somebody to serve. Go do something for someone else. And guess, you know what? Sometimes we just don't have it in us. We absolutely are spent and you're like, you want me to go serve again? I feel like I'm serving in every capacity. And you know, on Mother's Day, I, I went live on my Instagram and I challenged women, text 20 other women and tell them how awesome they are. And you know what? I got such huge feedback from that. It was a real quick, you know, uh, thing that came to my mind. And seriously, it worked. And people were calling me, sending me messages saying, Deanne, thank you for challenging me because nobody did anything for me for Mother's Day. I was crying. I felt sorry for myself. What have I done? Why am I not worthy of, you know, you know, all that stupid Hallmark holiday. And that's how I look at it. (laughs) We agree with you. And it's like, go do something for someone else. And seriously, it does make your life better. Do you see now what you gained by this experience as opposed to what at the time it felt like you lost? Well, you know, I, um, I really have a, I, I saw somewhere a saying that said, um, and I posted, I, I wish I had it exact verbatim. So excuse me, if you find it somewhere and you go, Deanne said it wrong, uh, but this is how my brain thinks it. <laughs> and it said, uh, someday we'll look back upon the things that we thought mattered the most that, w- that we didn't think we could get through. And we're going to look back upon those in the present and go, ah, I needed to learn this. I needed yes, to yes. learn this. And, oh, I, I needed this experience so that I could 
I can see now how I'm so much stronger, how much more I can hold my head up and I can be myself. And I will tell you, um, one other thing that I learned from this counselor, I was going through a lot of counseling way back when my mother passed away. I was 24 when she passed away. And, and it was a tragic, hard thing for me to watch her die. And here I was, this young mother, two babies, and I thought, what am I going to do? And and they didn't have, you know, I'm 59 years old. Back in the early days, they did not have medicines and, and things to help you with panic disorder and, mm-hmm. and dizzy spells and migraine headaches and all this other stuff. And do you know what he said to me? Best, best advice ever. He said, Deanne, I want you to practice smiling four times a day when you get in the, when they get in the car, it wasn't in the house. It was in the car. They're driving around the kids, the yelling in the background and the, the fighting and, and you're back and snapping your fingers and you're like, Oh my gosh, thank heaven. My hands aren't very long because I probably more frustrated. We've been there. <laughs> but you know what? It was amazing. He said, he said, it's like that, that commercial or that, uh, the truck that drives around that S W I S S, you know, the Swiss dairy. And it mm-hmm. says, try saying Swiss without smiling. <laughs> and what do you do? You smile. And I thought to myself, well, I'm going to practice saying Swiss four times in the mirror. I'd look in the rearview mirror and I'd look at myself. And he said, you can't help but think of the world better when right. you smile. And he said, it's not going to be the answer to everything, but it is going to help. And I remember my mother would teach us kids, go get a pencil and put it in your mouth. And, across, <laughs> you know, your mouth. And, you know, you'd say, what? And she'd say, when you put a pencil in your mouth, it makes you smile and you won't be so grumpy. And then you'll think <laughs> what you can do to, to not, you know, you know how kids are. They roll around the ground and I'm so bored. I have nothing to do. And you're like, listen. I can barely take care of me now. And so it's it's a good lesson. I, I teach my kids all the time, go put a pencil in your mouth. You know, obviously you need to start thinking about all the things that you're grateful for. So you so. know what I love is though, you had you had dreams, you had hopes. And I think one of the things that we often forget about is that dreaming counts. You don't have to always achieve that dream, but if you don't have dreams, you're a very sad creature. Well, they say, you know, a goal is only a wish until you write it down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back in the old, old days, original days of, you know, they had some direct selling companies. And and I know that Amway uh, was the, the, I would say, the kind of the originators mm-hmm. of really putting it out there because they started back in the, you know, I would say the 60s, late 60s and 70s. And um, I love how they would say, put a dream board together. And like mm-hmm. you said... Maybe we don't all achieve them, but gosh darn, if we don't have something to look forward to or think about, otherwise we won't want to get out of bed. And seriously, it could be as simple as, you know, taking the kids to go to McDonald's on a couple of days. That was my big thing is like, okay, if I can just make enough money to take the kids and reward them for their, their jobs well done, mm-hmm. you know, because that's kind of what my mom and dad did. They kind of rewarded us. Hey, get your jobs done. Let's do the job chart. And, you know, um, it was like little bits of an opportunity for us to teach our children how to dream, too. And I would say to the kids, when mom's working, it's an, it's a blessing. Don't think of it as a curse. And, and many times we as moms, we feel this horrible guilt as our yes. kids are hanging off of us as they're crying and sobbing. And, and you're like, listen, I got to make money. And they don't get it. They're, they mm-hmm. don't comprehend it. But you know what? When you get your kids involved, when you get yourself involved and you start dreaming, 
I will tell you, it makes all the difference in the world. For me as a mother, if I knew what my kids wanted, and again, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a big believer in giving your kids everything. I don't. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, but, you know, I had a couple of sons that really were awesome and the older ones, especially in helping mom, helping me take care of all the other kids. Hey, listen, can you, you know, make sure the kids get ready to bed and do their homework while mom runs out to do these home parties that I was doing. And I will tell you, you know, I sat down with Kenny, my oldest, who was probably 14 at the time, really big into snowboarding. And he came to me and he said, I said, so what would it take for you to help mom, to continue helping mom? And he said, you know, mom, I, I, there's a big snowboarding sale coming and I really <laughs> want this snowboard. And you guys, it was $400 and it might as well have been 40,000 because I didn't have it. And, um, he sat, we sat down and I said, okay, you know what? Mom's going to, I'm going to really work hard together. Yeah, yeah. You and I are going to do this together. And I need you to do your responsibility, be home on time, re reply. Cause you know, we didn't have cell phones for our kids back then. Yeah. You know, they had a curfew and they needed to do that. But you know what? Dreaming with my kids, I will tell you, I'll never forget when I came in that one after the, that several fifth or five, you know, fifth week or so of working. And I walked in and slammed down four $100 bills and said, okay, son, you can go get your snowboard. Wow. And to me, it was a reward of, because you guys, I would lay in bed as a single mom, so exhausted and tired. And Kenny said, mom, don't make me do jobs. I'm 17. I, I'm dating a cute girl. I want to be out with my friends. He said, I tell you what, let, give me something that I can do when I walk in the door. And I said, listen, I will give anything if you'll just mop the kitchen floor. <laughs> mom, okay, if you'll just quickly just mop it. And you guys, that kid knew that he was going to get that, that because I made a bargain with him. I knew I was working hard and he was working hard too. And he said, mom, I got this. And sometimes at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, I could hear him kind of slamming the mop, you know, <laughs> it slammed the mop against the wall. Cause you know, they're not that age where they're going to take a whole lot of careful pride, but you know what? Did that it. did what I asked him to do instead of me yelling at him, challenging him, getting angry because I was angry and frustrated, feeling like I wasn't getting it all done. We became partners. Right. Our kids became our partners. I, I, you know, it seems to me that as we look back, both Sandra and I lost our mothers around the same age that you lost yours and you have young children and you have to make a living and it's the single parenthood, et cetera. And it's so difficult. But I think one of the things that I love about the culture of your company is that it's amazing how many people it takes to make a person exactly who they become. And so as you add on these little bits of other people who give to you and you give to them, and as you said, go serve others as well, I can't help but think about the wives on the home front who are waiting while their soldier is deployed or the woman veteran who is deployed and coming home to perhaps an uncertain future. And so you really just take a look at the little bits of life that you go through and you gain from it. I believe I love what you're saying. And I will tell you, I have so many amazing women that are just what you're saying and describing in those categories and, and in those positions of waiting. And I believe that we're here on this earth to belong to a community mm -hmm. and whether it's church, whether it's um, 
clubs, whatever. And I keep saying over and over, the best thing about LuLaRoe and, and along with other businesses out there is that it, it creates a sense of community mm-hmm. and people that have a reason to gather. And I love to say that women gather, men hunt. And so we need to find our tribe. And they use that over and over. I tribe is my vibe, you know, they'll make comments, but I will tell you knowing that, um, what I went through, I think that it did, it refined us. It does refine us mm-hmm. and don't overlook all those of you that are listening, the things that you're going through because you're being prepared for bigger and better and greater yes. things. And you don't know, because like you said, you're in the trenches and you're feeling like there's no tomorrow. I don't know how to look out. And, and seriously, like you said, reaching out four hours at a time. And, and I will tell you the, the greatest thing that we can do is to take ours at the end of the day and write down all the things we did do. Mm-hmm. Because seriously, we do not give ourselves enough credit for all the things, whether it's loading the dishwasher. I talked to a friend. I stand, stood in the neighborhood and visited with a, a, an elderly neighbor. Uh, you know, things that we do do and ex, uh, excel in or accept and reward all the good that we do. And I will tell you, the problem is we only see the bad and we're women. And so gather, gather with other people. And I will never forget being, like I said, as I quote my mom, uh, because she she was a a person that just grew up in the 20s. Um, You know, she was born in 1913. So her teenage years was the growing 20s. And um, she would oftentimes say, why have 11 children? I have no business having 11 children. <laughs> and yet she was phenomenal. And and uh, right in the core and height of their business, my mom and dad had a catering business in Pasadena, California. Um, my dad had got a heart. My dad had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And my mother literally had to take over everything. I remember him being in bed a lot with an oxygen mask and trying to heal back in the 60s, you know, and. Um, and she was scared to death and knew, and we watched her serve and serve my dad and serve us and serve her business and serve her community. And I know I saw her fall apart, just like what we can do. It's okay for us to fall apart, but I will tell you, you know, think of the good things that we do. We do accomplish every day and give yourself kudos because we're pretty awesome. (laughs) Don't you think women are, are sometimes really very poor at owning their wins? Just like you said, we move on so quickly, life goes so fast, that sometimes when you take the time to actually write them down at nighttime, I keep a gratitude journal, for example, because all those little things really add up over time. And if I think the day maybe has been a failure, it hasn't when I take a look back and think of those little wins. And so if you add win upon win upon win, the blessings just multiply. I so agree. And I will tell you, that's how you learn and accomplish your dreams. Mm-hmm. I just think that is so important. And my role in as the owner of this crazy business that <laughs> who would have thought five years ago when I cut a skirt out on a, on my dining room table, 
that it would end where it is today. And, you know, we're, we're currently figuring out ways that we can help women feel better about themselves. And I, you know, in the very beginning, uh, and even now, um, they come, women come to me and they just cry with tears of gratitude. And they say, Deanne, you've changed my life. Your clothing have changed my life. And at first I thought, how can clothes change your life? It's just clothes, a shirt and a skirt. Mm-mm. And it's I more I, than that. I'll never forget when this story just comes to my mind. Here's a woman who was battling severe depression. I mean, severe, lost her parent, had lost her spouse, uh, really bad. In fact, um, did not, was was wearing her husband's clothes because it was a, that sense of comfort and having him close by. And, and here she was, this widow, and trying to figure out what to do. And she called me one day. She had like three little children, which... You know, any age is just so overwhelming when you're trying to do it by yourself, whether you're divorced, single mom, you know, going through what you're going through. But she called me one day and she said, Deanne, you don't understand. I I don't ever, ever, um, I don't know what to do. I, I, I just figured I was, you know, I would get involved in LuLaRoe and I didn't realize the transformation that was happening in me. And she said, I, I put on a maxi skirt. It was really only when we had maxi skirts and it has a yoga waistband so that you can expand different times of the month (laughs) and um, anyway and so she said she had run to Walmart in her maxi skirt and she said I hurried and put up took your advice I put on a little makeup you know the only way I knew how was maybe a little mascara a little uh, lipstick and she said I ran to Walmart before my doctor appointment I needed to get my three-month supply of meds and um, she said in Walmart, people would compliment me and they'd say, my gosh, you look beautiful today. And she's like, wow. She kept looking around, looking, are they talking to someone else? And then it was just me. They were, they were complimenting me on my little skirt. And she said, again, I had kind of transformed into not wearing my men's clothing and taking, you know, I'll just put on this skirt because it feels more comfortable. She walks into her doctor's office, sits down, waiting for the doctor to come in. The doctor goes over with her little rolling uh, stool and looks up at this girl, this woman, and starts to tear up. The doctor tears up, and she's like, what's wrong? And kind of looks around. Is, is, is just something wrong? I mean, and the doctor just started crying and said, I've never seen you look this beautiful before. Mm. And she said it's. And she said it was not her makeup, it was not her clothes, it was her countenance. Mm-hmm. And because she smiled right back to the doctor, and she said, "I had this aura about me," because it is true. When you start feeling better about yourself, yeah. you have this this aura, this like I can give the flow. To yes. And so I thought, you know what? If that's what clothes will do then we're going to continue doing it. And we cut everything from extra small to triple XL. We want everybody to come, enjoy, have a fun atmosphere and love one another. And seriously, it's fun. Well, I'm just going to give you like just some little props here because the yoga pants that I wear and my spin pants are really not that comfortable. They look nice, but the pants that I wore, the LuLaRoe spin pants last night that I had on, they were like, I call it like they're huggy pants. They <laughs> hugged my legs. They were nice and soft. You know, as women, you know, we touch our babies. We touch our kids when we touch a fabric. And it felt so yummy. You know, I was the weirdo in spin class, like touching my <laughs> thighs, touching my thighs. But they were just so soft. And 
I know. And didn't you want to walk around and say, touch my legs? I did. I made all the girls touch my legs. I'm like, go, like, feel this. It feels so soft. Because when a material really works for you and you feel it's, it is like a hug. And especially, you know, like with single moms, we don't get a lot of hugs. Uh, You know, we get it from our kids, but there's a lot of times where a sweater or there was this coach you sent that was so squishy and it's like, it's going to be my reading jacket when it's cool at night, I'm going to wrap in that. And that's the best thing you can ask for from a piece of clothing to feel like you got a hug. Well, we, and we, we've started designing jeans and they're coming out uh, some like sometime mid summer. I don't have a date, so I would. Anyway, but prior to that, we came out with a jean jacket, and that's kind of my fear. I gathered like five jean jackets over the year, and seriously, it's kind of we've kind of kept that same concept. So I'm glad to know that you love our clothes, and we'll just continue helping women feel better about themselves. In I that love episode. that, Dan. Your your clothing is not just comfortable; it's attractive and. I really honestly believe it's part of self-care. Everybody thinks that self-care has to be a bubble bath. No, it can be putting on clothes that make you feel good, make you look better. And when you feel like you look better, you present that aura, as you put it, to everyone. And I, I think that that just makes the world a better, brighter place. So thank you for sharing all of this with us today, because I think that people need to know that there are women in business these days who have walked the steps that they have walked, and they know where they're going, but they may not know today. But if they hear about someone else who's walked before them, it's inspiring and it's motivational. And I'm going to add this one thing before we go is that you've constantly gone on the premise that I believe in you. So when you believe in someone before they could even believe in themselves, you've given them a gift. I just love that. Thank you. Um, I really do believe that. And seriously, we sometimes we can't do it by ourselves. We've got to get ourselves surrounded by people that are uplifting and positive that can help us to become our better selves. And I will tell you, this is, this is the time. And so many of you that are listening, I want to give you a little bit of, of a pep talk. Guess what? You're not alone. Don't sit in your house alone. See, sit and get yourselves out, go to the park, go to uh, Chick-fil-A, go to Starbucks. You know why I say that? Because a lot of people just go there and hang out and, and go there and strike up a conversation. Start with a compliment. People love a compliment and they'll come back to you and give a compliment or have a conversation. And if not, they just needed to be left alone and it's okay. There's a saying, some will, some won't. So what next? Go out <laughs> and share the love with others. And I will tell you, um, we've, we've got this amazing opportunity. And right now, um, we've come out with a new program. I, I just wanted you to know real quick, we've come out with a brand new pro- program that we're launching today. And it's called American Dreams. And I want you all to know that we are pushing that we live in America. We need to wear more red, white, and blue. We wear football jerseys. We wear, you know what I mean? Our favorite basketball, right, right. our favorite supporting of, you know, uh, any uh, uh, sports out there, but you know what? We need to be better and bigger at, at, at sporting our country and the things that we have. And you know what? You can have whatever you want. You can have the American dream. You can build a business. You can love one another. And 
uh, we've chosen just this month to start and letting everyone know that red, white, and blue is all about us that, that can, that exudes freedom and confidence. And I will tell you, um, please, please, please enjoy. I wish I could reach out and, and, and let you know that there are so (laughs) many retailers out there that would love to, to let you have something part of this new collection. So it's awesome. And Deanne, let's make sure our listeners know where to find out more information. So they would go to lularoe.com. That's L-U-L-A-R-O-E.com. And again, thank you for being with us today. Are you a dynamic woman? Sandra Beck and Linda Crater host Dynamic Women Talk Radio, bringing lively weekly shows in a roundtable format with influential guests from around the globe. This amazing tribe of diverse and accomplished women share their candid views on topics such as reputation, handling rejection, loyalty, what is sexy, overthinking, blended families, and much more. Discussions are joyful with freedom to address topics from various perspectives with candor, respect, and no judgment. These are the conversations you wish you could have with all your family and friends. Dynamic women have lived their lives boldly with unexpected and sometimes undesired turns in the road of life. Yet detours and bumps bring opportunity, personal growth, more authenticity, and a fresh outlook. Join our welcoming tribe of dynamic women each Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, also on iTunes, and more information at dynamicwomentalkradio.com. Celebrating vibrant, charismatic women everywhere. Welcome back. This is Sandra Beck and Linda Crater. Linda, why don't you tell us about our second guest today? We are talking with an inspiring woman veteran today, and we're going to be talking about change, mostly her response to active duty transition to civilian life and how we all know that curveballs can come at us at any time. So this segment is about managing change and succeeding at post-deployment purpose. Sandra, why don't you introduce our guest and we'll get started. I'm so excited to introduce our bronze star. Her name is Rachel Norton. She's a staff sergeant. For how many years, Rachel? Um, I was in the military for seven years. Seven years. So she's got her lucky seven. And uh, she's currently now with LuLaRoe, a clothing company. So can you tell me a little bit about your military experience and how did that lead you to be part of this great clothing company? Absolutely. So I joined the military in 2010 and um, I was in the medical field. I was a LPN and it provided me a lot of opportunity and wonderful experience to work with soldiers, retirees, veterans. And um, it was how um, I got to deploy to Afghanistan as part of a 10-man forward surgical team. Um, And all of those uh, pieces, all of those things led me to know that I wanted to pursue nursing outside of the Army. And so I knew that it wasn't a a career for me, that I was going to make a transition out at some point. I didn't know exactly how that was all going to happen because the Army sometimes dictates a lot of those things for you. (laughs) But it kind of came to a head when I got back from Afghanistan. I had been married for five years. When I got home, um, my marriage was struggling and it became a unsafe environment for me to be in. And I had to move out of my house. I was faced with the reality that 
once my divorce was finalized, that I would lose a huge amount of income and the home that I owned, the dog that I wanted to have, because at the time I was in E5, I knew I'd lose my BAH. You know, all those things that start ticking away in your mind, it was just so daunting and scary. And you think about when you're in a very pivotal moment in your life, you don't want to make any rash decisions, but um, true to form in myself, I did. I decided to join LuLaRoe. I had um, needed clothing to go to my sister's wedding and I had seen someone post on Instagram a picture of them wearing a dress from LuLaRoe. I went to a retailer here locally whose husband is also in the military. I bought clothes and I was like, I like this stuff, cool. And she talked to me a little bit about what um, she did in selling and that it was providing income for her family. And I said, yes, this is what I need. I can do this. As long as I can pay my mortgage, cover even just a little bit, then I'll be okay. And you know, however I needed to do that with LuLaRoe, I was gonna make it happen. LuLaRoe ended up being the ends to those means for me and keeping me in my home and keeping my dog with me because she was the reason I got up in the morning every day for a month because I didn't want to. I really struggled coming back from deployment and I did not expect myself to do that. I really thought I was gonna plow through that and move on to the next thing and be okay and then it hits you and you're you think you have all the training and all the coping mechanisms and then you're like wow I'm still affected by this it's unreal how that feels I had a whole new support system though I had my military friends my co-workers most of them um, almost all of my co-workers um, my unit was male uh, I only had one female in my unit and she was an officer and so that you know that's not my gonna be my best friend <laughs> you know I had this huge network of women that I met through LuLaRoe all different backgrounds all different life you know life stories a lot of them were military so they understood the lingo when I would talk to them and they they got that they understood what I was talking about I had this basically sorority sisterhood that just created, you know, kind of materialized overnight. And it wasn't just about selling clothes. It was about being friends with each other and, you know, loving on each other and supporting each other. And I don't know where I would be honestly without that during that time, because there were days when I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to do anything. And I would, you know, say that to these women and they, you know, they'd give me support and encouragement, and then they would give me a kick in the butt if I needed it, too. You know, Rachel, as you go through changes from deployment to coming back to America is hard enough. Mm -hmm. Then you add divorce in there. You have that concern over independence, but then you find it back again, and then you build this camaraderie. Those are a lot of changes taking you from military life to civilian life, all happening at once. Is it any wonder to you looking back now why these changes were so monumental and why you were affected? Sometimes you get so narrow-minded because you have a plan or a goal or something that you want to accomplish. And I, you know, we get stuck in a comparison trap, I find often, you know, well, she's done this and she's done this amazing thing and they're doing this. But then I look back and my sister um, told me, she was like, I'm just so proud of you. And when you take a step back and look at the things you've done, it's, it is, you know, overwhelming because, you know, people that struggle with just one of those things. 
um, with transitioning out of the military. That's hard for anyone. Um, but then dealing with a divorce and dealing with financial issues and then um, starting school as soon as I get out of the military um, full time again, having a business, you know, all those things are a lot. But sometimes you get focused in the, you know, just one foot after the other, you know, kind of keeping forward and leaning forward in the foxhole kind of approach. And you lose the scope of all the things that you've done and you compare yourself to others. I know I kind of compare myself to people I grew up with, you know, from my hometown and things that they're doing or even, you know, the fancy vacations they're going on. And then I realized that it's not about that because I've done things that they haven't done. I am able to overcome things because of my experience and my circumstances and the friends, people I've learned to support on, you know, that's, but that's a hard thing to do to give some of that over to others to let them help you. I find that sometimes the military be very closed off in the fact that you have to do all these things by yourself. If you want to have all these actions happen for you, if you want your um, reenlistment packet to go through, you've got to do be the one to follow up. No one else is going to take care of that for you. Right. You can't rely on other people to do that. You have got to be the one to follow through on everything. And so it creates this mentality of everything you have to do. It has to be in your head. You're the one who has to do it all. Sometimes it's okay to give other things up to other people or to say, hey, I need help. Help me with this. Well, and that's that duality that I always struggled with because, you know, you're part of a team, you're part of a unit, and everybody functions as one, but yet it's always it's like like you're responsible and you're conditioned not to ask for help. So I, I think that's, it's really a tough mindset. Like I get why it exists, but then you come into civilian, you come in to a company, it's so different. It's t- It takes a while to get your mind around going from one to the other and that it's okay. Like, you know, I had to have permission. It was okay to ask for help, permission to almost make a mistake. And now that was okay. And we could just fix it. Like it was just so different. Yes, absolutely. And I found too, that even when I was going through the process of transitioning out and I had all these questions about the VA because I don't understand. I still (laughs) say, do not understand how it works. And I'm so confused. And I was trying to reach out to people who had been through it, um, that I knew that, I'd served with and it was really hard to track them down and get them to maybe return calls and I understand they've moved on to a different part of their life and it was actually through LuLaRoe a retailer that I know her husband had gotten out maybe about six months prior to me and he took the time to sit down and walk me through his process um, because he did it at the exact same VA that um, I was using and you know said go talk to this person and I don't know where I would have been if he hadn't have helped me and taken the time to sit down and walk through that process with me because I was so lost. And, you know, even going through the, you know, the education program that they provide, I, you know, you just walk in there and you just, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know who to talk to. It was, it was so overwhelming. And I hate that feeling of just not knowing where point A and point B and point C are and just wandering around aimlessly. So Rachel, would you say that you reclaimed your joy through LuLaRoe? Absolutely. I can I can honestly say that there wasn't anything I was looking forward to when I got back from deployment 
I knew that I was going to be going through some hard times ahead. And the military for me has always been a job and I love working with patients and that I have a heart for that, but it doesn't provide that joy that you get from doing something fun and exciting and new and I and I didn't have that I didn't have anything to look forward to like that and LuLaRoe gave me this opportunity to travel um I had never been to Disneyland before and since I've uh, joined LuLaRoe I've been to Disneyland I think three or four times (laughs) and I have ridden all the rides and I'm doing that with my friends that I've met through LuLaRoe and we're able to do that and you know take a little bit of time off and sneak off and, and, and have those moments and have that friendship. And it's not about the clothes. It's just about enjoying each other. And I, I hadn't had that in years. Well, in that community, you know, the community that can just walk up and look at your face and go like, what's going on? Or, you know, you can just sit sometimes in silence, like you don't even have to say anything. And that's, that's the best part. And to come together over something we enjoy, which is clothes. I mean, who doesn't, you know, who doesn't enjoy, like, you know, when new stuff comes out, I mean, you guys just like totally all over the new fabrics and the new prints and the new color families. I mean, it's fun. It is so much fun. And I, I've always had a creative side. I love to craft and crochet and do things like that but the army you know took a lot of that time and things away from me and with Lula I got to you know explore a new creative side of myself enjoy some of the femininity that I didn't get to have in my day-to-day life and that didn't mean I had to wear dresses all the time but I could wear you know just a shirt and love it and and feel pretty and feel nice and have confidence in myself that I was beautiful outside of my uniform and um, which can also help a lot when you're trying to date again in your 30s. <laughs> it's not an easy thing. No, it's not easy in your 40s either. I can tell you that. But, no. you know, Rachel, thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you so much. You know, what I took away from what you said was how you were able to integrate all these wonderful parts about you. You're this brave warrior. You're this brave soldier. And yet you're this beautiful woman. I wish you guys could see her. She's got a smile that like lights up the room. She She's surrounded by all these different clothes on hangers. Like, how fun. I was like, while you were talking, I was like mentally flipping through the racks going, oh, I like that one. I like that one. (laughs) And I'm so thankful, as Linda is as well, that you could share your story with us today. And we are so proud of you. We thank you for your service. And we also thank you for exploring your creative side with LuLaRoe. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate the opportunity to share. There's so many people out there who just need to know that there's someone there that understands and you can do all the things you just you just have to ask and reach out for help and it's possible are you a family caregiver in the military community join us on veterancaregiver.com in the military and veteran community there are five and a half million caregivers of our nation's injured ill and wounded whether your family member served in world war ii or in the most recent iraq and afghanistan conflicts there are unique needs of military and veteran caregivers Navigating any medical system takes skill and help in obtaining good care. Veteran Caregiver has access to a rich network of advocates and organizations to assist you. Find excellent resources, short informative videos, an active Facebook community, and empathetic support. Veteran Caregiver supports those from every service branch and those who served in any conflict. Need information on sandwich caregiving, EFMP, or aging issues? 
VeteranCaregiver.com provides information and community to those managing busy lives with compassionate care. That's VeteranCaregiver.com. Support for those who care. Long, stressful deployments. Continuous training and time apart. It's the reality for dedicated Special Forces soldiers and their supportive families. Seth Wheeler and his wife, Lindsay, understand those challenges all too well, and it's the reason they created Operation Artemis, a nonprofit charity. Now retired and out of harm's way, Seth and Lindsay fill the needs they see in the Special Forces community. Operation Artemis provides outdoor experiences to help wounded soldiers heal together and strengthen Special Forces families, widows, and children with a true support system. You are not alone in the Special Forces veteran community. An opportunity is shared with Hunt, Fish, Heal, Explore as the organization's motto. Operation Artemis will make sure the soldier, their families, and those who have lost a loved one are both supported and not forgotten. To learn more about Operation Artemis, their upcoming events, how to get involved, or to donate, check out their website, OperationArtemis.org. That's Operation Artemis, A R. Hey, we're back with Seth and Lindsay Wheeler. They own OperationArtemis.org. They are also part of the LuLaRoe family, and Seth has served. So I'm interested to find a little bit more about you, Seth. Tell us about your service. It's been a, a life endeavor. I started in a military family, and then I left for college and went to the Virginia Military Institute in Lexington, Virginia, and graduated there in 2002. And then I entered the service and spent 14 plus years in special operation, uh, the last of which we've been here in Fort Lewis, Washington, just south of Seattle. Uh, I was with the first special forces group on a 12-man special forces team and was the lead tactics instructor and level one sniper on the detachment. Lindsay, when one serves, we all serve. We know that. Um, You had had some challenges while your husband was away. Absolutely. I was so proud to be his wife and to support him from home. But I, I had been a television reporter before we got married. We got married as he was going through selection in special forces. Um, we both had these big, crazy careers. And we all know as military wives how crazy that is and how taxing it can be to be mom and dad. And, and that reality hit me when he was getting ready to deploy the first time. So I set back for my career to be a mom, which is incredible. But wow, it's sort of like Groundhog Day for those military moms, right? I was home. It was just me. I was kind of singing the cartoon theme songs to myself. I lost my cool card for sure. But I was so blessed to be able to stay home because of his job and and because he was serving and we were so proud to support him. But I missed something that was for me. I wish I missed kind of having a purpose or something to show at the end of the day. When you're a television reporter, you do the six o'clock news, you have something to show for it and you get up the next day and it's all new. Being a mom at home, it was the same every single day. And it was, there was so much worry, I think that consumed me as a, as a special forces wife being home with little kids. I was so worried that maybe he wouldn't be coming home. So when LuLaRoe came into my life, it was this incredible opportunity to not only have something that 
was for me, something that I could have to show for at the end of the day to help with our family finances, to contribute a little bit, but to also keep my mind occupied, which I think is so important. I could sit home and be terrified that someone was going to knock on my door or I could be productive. And LuLaRoe was such a blessing on that front for me and, and, and my life and for my kids and my family. So, Lindsay, it allowed you to focus on something other than worry and concern and children even. It gave you an outside interest. How did that change your outlook while Brandon was away? It was huge. Our first deployment, you know, you put kids to bed at night and it's eight o'clock. And I think that was the hardest time for me was nighttime. You're busy during the day with kids. Kids keep you busy. Mm -hmm. There's always something to do. But eight o'clock was hard for me because the kids would go to bed and it was quiet. And that's the time that you would spend with your husband. You would, you know, reconnect. You would talk about the day. And it was just me. We had no family nearby. We were a new military family to our area and we didn't live on base. It's very isolating. So here I was living by myself with two little kids. And, and I couldn't just pick up the phone and call my husband. I was by myself. So for me to have something, put kids to bed and have something that I could focus on and felt like I was doing something for our family or something for someone else. If I was serving some, someone else, it felt like such a better use of my time than sitting there worrying because that didn't serve my husband. It didn't serve me. And it sure didn't serve my kids to be just full of worry and anxiety all the time. It gave me this incredible outlet to do something for somebody else. And it was so incredible and such a blessing for sure. When I started LuLaRoe, I wanted to contribute maybe a thousand dollars to our family to our family finances. I thought, wouldn't that be incredible? I could go to Costco and buy the things. And when, when the new tires needed to be done, we could pay for those instead of putting those on a credit card and waiting for our tax return. Right. You know, that sort mm -hmm. of living paycheck to paycheck. I thought, man, we could have a little bit extra. And then when Seth was gone on that deployment, sorry, he goes by Seth as well. Um, Seth is his middle name, but when he was gone on, on that deployment, I saw this as an opportunity. I could sit home and worry for six months and be just a mess for six months or I could have something really incredible to show for those six months and what would serve my family better. And so I really buckled down while he was gone. And I took that opportunity of my husband's not here to go on dates. So I'm going to work, right? My husband's not here to hang out with in the evening. I'm going to work. I'm going to, I'm going to do something with that time. And what I did in that six months when he got home, instead of just being so worried and, and obviously so relieved when he got home, but I had something to show for it. And I built this customer base and this business. And I'd shared the opportunity with amazing women who are out there who wanted something just like I did. And when he got home, I didn't just have a hobby. I had a business that I was so proud of. And it, and it opened up the opportunity for us to see, wow, what, what could we do with this? I think it, it, it took away any barriers that were out there to see what was possible with this business, that the sky really was the limit with LuLaRoe, that we could serve more and do more. And within LuLaRoe, um, Mark and Dan are such incredible people, and they've taught me so much about generosity um, and about giving to others. And, and a term within LuLaRoe that we use a lot is see a need and fill it. And mm -hmm. as special forces, as a special forces family, we saw a need. We saw a need for a charity that was targeted towards special forces families. And when Seth came home and we realized that this is this was a business that could not only bless our family but bless others. We realized that he could retire and that we could start a charity to help others. And and that's really what Operation Artemis is all about. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, we invite people to come visit it. It's Operation Artemis, A R T E M I S dot org. 
Um, we've been raising funds there and we've got some very generous benefactors that are supporting our charity at this moment. And we've partnered up with some, uh, you know, very, uh, outdoor centric, you know, companies, Liberty Bottle Works, Montana Canvas and different things. And we're going to be hosting our first event this July. And it's, you know, we're, we're super excited about it. The charity is aimed at helping wounded Green Berets like myself who, you know, need, uh, s- some healing time, some some outdoor time to get away from the hospital and all of the uh, distractions that are going on with work and their healing process and the medical and whatnot, and also to support the Gold Star families. That's one of the biggest uh, obstacles that that we've that we've seen. Lindsay and myself, you know, as a special forces operator, uh, being overseas and doing continuous combat missions uh night after night uh it's 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 tragic when one of our own when one of our brethren gets wounded and even worse becomes a kia and um as terrible as it is you know we have our morning process and we have our plane side services and you know try to call back home and make sure that things are being taken care of but we have to go right back into the planning cycle and right back into the mission but for these gold star families these widows and these children that have lost their father, that wound stays open for a long time, even deeper and harsher than it is for us as teammates. Those individuals, their father's truck is still in the driveway or Christmas presents that never got opened or pictures on the wall or people uh, everywhere they go in their small communities asking them how they're doing. And, And what we wanted to do is we can never replace father or husband. But what we can do is we can provide a moment in time where they can be with other like situationed individuals and come together and have have some healing process, you know, spend some time outdoors. Well, and what I love about all of this is, you know, 20 years of working with military families, you guys have found a way to not only mutually support each other, but there had to be something, you know, like, you know, when you're over serving, you know, your wife is taking care of business, like she's got something to do. You know, there's so many wives that are at home and you wonder what they're doing. They make choices that might not be best for their family, might not be best for their body or their mind. So to have something, you know, that Lindsay could not only work or keep herself occupied and kind of keep the fear at bay, but also to grow, flourish, and blossom. Mm -hmm. Like, would you say it made your marriage stronger? Absolutely. Yeah, we, you know, it's, we consider it uh, a team effort. I was on a 12-man special forces team, and you've got individuals that across the spectrum who, you know, graduated with degrees from West Point and the Virginia Military Institute and all over down to, you know, guys that were just in high school four years ago uh, that have been in the Army going on multiple deployments. And guys will work as a team to every end, whether it's building a perimeter or going on mission or doing the planning process. And it's the same thing with our marriage. We're a team. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, balancing the checkbook or loading the back of the car for LuLaRoe or unloading the dishwasher, you know, everything that we do, we approach it as a team effort because that's the, we know that we're going to be better for it. And that's ultimately going to be what helps us achieve our goals and helps us succeed. So 
yeah, her doing this business and, and building it up and becoming an entrepreneur and owning her own business, you know, definitely made her stronger as an individual and it made us stronger as a team. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I have been able to do what I've been able to do in my business with his support. You know, a lot of times, I mean, I built my business when he was gone. So I did do it by myself in the beginning, um, but it was with his support, even just in the background. And so that was so important. And now that he's home more, um, we've taken it to another level. We're just, that's why we can do a charity. And that's why we can give and do more is, is because he's here. But I know when he was deployed and I know military wives can relate to this. I felt like so many people say, oh, well, oh, you don't work. Oh, honey, we work, right? It is a full-time job to be a military, yeah. to be a military wife and stay home because you juggle everything. But I knew that my job was to, above everything else, try to take something off of his plate. So if I could make good choices at home and, and he had confidence that everything at home was taken care of, that was one less thing he had to worry about overseas. I didn't want him to worry about us for a second. I wanted him to know that I had everything taken care of. I missed him like crazy but I was holding down the fort so that he could take care of what needed to get done over there. He could take care of himself and his team and he could get home to us. And that was our ultimate goal. You know, Lindsay, the family also serves. My kids love that their dad can get them off the bus every day, right? They love that he's home and they're getting to spend precious time with him. And they know that that's because of LuLaRoe and they're so grateful for that. Our kids help us with live sales. They are a part, like Seth said, LuLaRoe, this is a team for us, but it's a family business. My kids break down cardboard boxes and they jump on my live sales and they help ladies. And the ladies that shop with us are amazing customers. They know our kids, they know our family. And I think that is something that is so special about LuLaRoe is that women love clothes and they love to shop, but they love supporting our family. They love knowing that where their money is going towards. They love the clothes, but it's that amazing cherry on top that they know that supporting a family and a military family and they love supporting our charity a dollar from every single piece that we sell every single day goes to operation artemis to help special forces families they love that they're shopping with a cause and they know our family and i love that we can share that with them and our kids really love being a part of it we love hearing the passion and enthusiasm of a successful job well done both downrange and at home and everyone does serve and together you make a difference and your story is really resonating with our audience, I can tell you. And thank you for sharing all of this today. It's very important that people realize you can come back from deployments, you can come back from the loneliness and the isolation and still be a team. Is there anything else you'd like to add and please give your website one more time. Sure, it's operationartemis.org, uh, A-R-T-E-M-I-S.org. We're just so grateful for this incredible opportunity. You know, military wives, it's hard to find employment a lot of times because you're moving around so much. We love this incredible opportunity. We know that this can benefit so many more women, that you can take it with you when you leave. You can connect with people. It can give you that outlet. You can provide for your family, and it can give you that peace of mind of knowing that you're serving somebody else, even when you can't control what's going on maybe with your husband and deployments and being gone, it was a piece that I felt like I could control and do some good. And if, if ladies are out there looking for it, I know LuLaRoe was a huge answer to prayers in my life. And I know that it can be a blessing to so many more people. We're grateful for LuLaRoe. We use the hashtag because of LuLaRoe all the time. Because <laughs> of LuLaRoe, my husband is home. Because of LuLaRoe, we can start this charity. Because of LuLaRoe, our marriage has never been stronger. And we want that for others. And we knew it was a perfect fit. We were doing it four years ago when we were 
doing deployments and running a business and raising a six and a four year old and all the things. And we just knew that it was a perfect fit. It was, if we were to move from Fort Lewis, Washington, back to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, we knew that we could take the business with us and it was Mm going to succeed anywhere we went. So yeah, we're super fortunate. We're very blessed and grateful for the opportunity that's been provided to us. And we, we thank you guys for having us on today. Thanks for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. 